Welcome to Extraneous Supernatural Edition, and welcome to the last episode of the season before like our first month-long hiatus. If you're wondering why you're only hearing my dulcet tones and not Takia's, Takia unfortunately had a family emergency this weekend, so she couldn't watch the show or record, but never fear. I mean, feel bad for her, but never fear. We have a new friend with us today. Why don't you introduce yourself? Hi, I am Emily, also known as Our Shield Maiden on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, all all the things. So, hi. And presumably a supernatural fan. Yes, I am. I've been watching it for entirely too long. That's something we can all tattoo on our bodies. Yeah, I, yeah. No, it's great. I'm really excited to be here. I was really excited when I saw that there was an opportunity to talk about it because it's the fandom that I think gets a little bit less love than the other fandoms, not because people don't love it, but I think because most people kind of are in the same mentality of, I've been watching this for too long, but they still love it. So we're like closet fans rather than, we're like online fans, but we don't talk about it in public. <laughs> right? It does get to that point where you're like, Ugh, nobody wants to hear me talk about this show because whenever you mention it, the person next to you goes, oh, it's still on. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yep. <laughs> not for long. <laughs> oh, Please, no, my it's so, so early for feelings. So let's do a very quick uh, highlight. Like, how long have you been watching the show? Did you like binge it on Netflix and get to catch up? Or did you start when like a few years ago? Um, well, it's kind of a in and out kind of thing, because I think even I had my moments where I was like, oh, is that still on? Because I started watching it when it first came out. I mean, I was like 14 or 15 when it first I think it was like 14 yeah. when it first came out. And I started watching it and then I stopped. Um, I went to college and did all the things. And then after I graduated from college, so I think it was like 2010 or 2011. I was like, wait, that show's still on. And then I marathoned on Netflix to get caught up, basically. And then I've been watching it on and off. But I am a I am more drawn to binging shows. So I tend to wait until the season is out or like the half the halfway mark for a season mm-hmm. is out. And then I'll just watch like all 12 episodes. <laughs> and then uh, I don't know. I One at a time is always really hard for me, except for right now, because obviously it's like the last season. So or coming up on the last. Yeah. So I feel like it's more necessary now, kind of like with Game of Thrones versus I binge watched that season by season also. I totally feel that. Supernatural, I feel like in my brain follows along like the old guard style television where like I have to watch it week by week. But like I saved up five weeks of knowing Baby Yoda existed before I ever started The Mandalorian because I didn't want to get attached (laughs) to this tiny creature. Yeah, I did the exact same thing. That's really funny. (laughs) Oh, okay. Welcome to Extraneous, The Mandalorian and Baby Yoda only. Like, this is now our new podcast. Valid. So let's start talking about last night's episode. The thing about Supernatural is there's definitely, like, the high points and the low points and the high point. Like, some episodes, yep. it's like, wow, like, not literally nothing happened in that. It's still a cool story, mm-hmm. but, like, nothing happened. Like, big plot did not move forward. And there was actually a ton that happened in this last episode. So I felt pretty happy about that. Yeah, I was really excited to see Adam. I think that's like been my number one problem with this show since he was sent to the cage. I was like, but I'm like sitting here like 10 seasons later and I'm like, but you guys, 
but you guys. <laughs> and so like, I was actually super pumped for that. I was like, I didn't stand on my bed, but like I had the urge to. So I was like, yes. <laughs> so I don't know. I, that's just, you know, they brought back so many characters. Yeah. So many times that I was like, this needed to happen for me to feel fulfilled at the end of the series. <laughs> Typically, Supernatural episodes follow A-B plots, like the primary plot is this and the secondary is that. Like last week, we had the plot that was Dean going and doing his hunt and meeting up with Christian Kane. And then we had the other plot that was Cass and Eileen and Sam. This week, it felt to me like everybody was serving the main plot. Like there was a slight side plot with Eileen going off, but it tied into the primary plot in the very end. It was a big episode. There were like, there were characters brought back. There was like this huge cliffhanger at the end. There were, I, I just felt like so many things came to a head at, during this episode that it, it just made me feel really happy. Cause I mean, I think I've reached the point after 15 seasons where I'm, well, I don't know, like knock on wood. I don't know that anything's going to be like, oh my God, like right. I've never seen that in Supernatural before. But there's like that satisfaction now that I'm going for, where like I said, like bringing back Adam and like having that character where it's like, oh yes, I've been waiting for this for 10 seasons. Right. Like I think that's what they need is more like tying off loose ends. And I feel like that's what they started to do more so than bringing in these like big, wow, crazy yep. things, which we've already kind of seen. So we don't really need it. You are like hitting the nail right on the head that Supernatural, because it's in its final season, it doesn't necessarily need to pull out brand new. It just needs to do what it has always done well. So mm -hmm. we're not going to bring yep. out new monsters necessarily. We're going to play with the monsters you already know. We don't have time to teach you new monsters. We don't have time to waste on yeah. a ton of new lore. And we don't have a ton of time to get you attached to brand new characters. So we are going into mm -hmm. our past and we are picking up the things that you recognize and you will follow through with. Yeah. And I also even felt that with like the way that they've had, they have uh, Rowena on her throne. Ugh. I mean, I don't know. I just feel so happy for she's like a terrible person. But she's like my one of my favorite characters. Oh. I love her so much. Same, same. She's so snarky. And like I just felt so much satisfaction seeing her sitting on the throne with like the snakes behind it. And like, yes, this is where you've always belonged. And like she has this backstory, you know, of being like this single mom, like this really horrible backstory, actually, of like being abandoned and like trying not to get attached to her child because she felt like that was going to be like this burden or whatever. Mm -hmm. um, and then she's like progressed to this point where she's like the queen of the underworld. Right. And like, I just loved that so much. It's so it good. Very happy. All right. Yeah. Let's hold on to Rowena because I definitely want to dig really hard into the reveal that we had with her. So yes. like high level the episode, basically Dean realizes that we should check the tablet, maybe the demon tablet for information. And I was like, yes, why did it take you so long to bring that out? Um, <laughs> so they grab Donatello. Donnie finds a passage basically that says that Chuck has a weakness and his favorite knows of it and only his favorite and Cass interprets that to be Michael. So the boys go to hell to get Michael, find Rowena down there. We get Michael and Adam. The boys have to convince Michael that God is the bad guy and he doesn't really take to it until Cass actively shows him the memories of what Chuck has been doing. And then Michael decides to give the guys a spell that will help 
that will basically lock Chuck away the way that Chuck locked Amara up. And he's like, these are the ingredients. And oh, by the way, one of them involves something from purgatory. Good luck. Have fun. And then at the very end, in addition to that, Sam went to help Eileen on a case. And it turns out that Chuck was luring them out. So the cliffhanger for the next month that we have to deal with is that Dean and Cass have to go into purgatory to get this Leviathan nectar or Leviathan blossom nectar. And it looks as though Sam and Eileen have been captured by Chuck. So this is where we stand now with a whole month to wait. And frankly, the CW has burned me for the last time. Like that's, it's ridiculous. I don't want to wait a month. Watch the Mandalorian while you're waiting. <laughs> I just got to rewatch. I don't know. Actually, how many more are there? I think there's only two more episodes think, maybe or one. Even. I think it's two or three more. There's no supernatural, less baby Yoda. I don't know what to do with myself. So let's talk about the episode title because Supernatural loves to tip its hand with the thing it names its episodes. So the title of this week's was Our God Who Aren't in Heaven, which is bad grammar. Yep. That actually really bothered me (laughs) the whole time because I'm a writer. And so like grammar is very important to me. And I understood what they did, you know, why they were doing it. But at the same time, the whole episode, I was like, it's not right. It's not right. It's just wrong. <laughs> the best part is, is that you can assign what we've decided is that almost everything that happens in this season, including the titles of episodes, you can chalk up to Chuck. So like, yeah, Chuck's a hack writer. So very clearly the title is a reference to, well, A, the obvious. God's not in heaven. He's hanging out in casinos playing progressive slots. That's kind of the obvious. And then the other half of that is that it's a play on the Lord's Prayer, the Our Father Who Art in Heaven, I think. That's how that goes. I'm not Catholic, which is interesting because the Lord's Prayer in and of itself is a lot about asking God to forgive humans for their trespasses and to keep that which he keeps in heaven to to give it on earth and all that other stuff like it's asking for benevolence Mm -hmm. and absolution and like everything that Chuck is not doing right now. So it's just interesting that that like even though this is the prayer that is the one that is probably like. Maybe that and Hail Mary are like the two most well-known prayers. This is the one that we're going with. And it's the one that is like completely the opposite of Chuck at this stage in the game. I thought it was interesting um, that it's like a, a prayer that's tied specifically to hopelessness or lo- or, or being lost mm-hmm. or being in that like moment of darkness. Like you said, like it's like this prayer that's supposed to be spoken in your darkest time. And it's like Chuck making a mockery of something that's supposed to be so sacred. You know, that, like you said, there's only a cup, there's only a few prayers really that are like out there that are like everyone who is raised in those uh, backgrounds knows. Mm -hmm. And to like make such a mockery of it with the title, I think is very telling of like the mentality that he's in. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I'm like, oh, snap. Okay. (laughs) Actually, I want to get into Chuck Little Litter. I don't want to do it right now. I'm going to hold on to it Okay. Um, when we do the okay. character stuff. But um, I completely agree with you. Let's yeah. talk about any big themes that you caught on to this episode. Obviously, there's a lot of like forgiveness and apologies happening mm-hmm. and a lot of like things that are rounding out. Kind of like I said, like, I know we're not talking about Rowena anymore, but I just keep coming back to her. Like, I just felt so satisfied with like how she is like exactly where she really should be and like we've got some apologies happening between Dean apologizing to Adam and I think there's like this theme of things tying up and I think that does what we were saying earlier tie into what they I think that they know their audience base well enough thank god (laughs) I mean other you know that they know that like it's not about like we want with this last season to have 
you know, to feel like everything has been tied up rather than having like this big, you know, epic battle at the end, which there probably still will be, you know, but like, that's not really what we're looking for because we've kind of had that at the end of every season. I just want people to get what they have coming. Yes. (laughs) You know, and that's kind that's kind of my, that's what I hope for this last season. And I think that that's starting to manifest and that's making me really excited. Yeah. And forgiveness is one of those things that comes up constantly in Supernatural. But I thought it was like, Mm -hmm. it was very point blank in this episode. Like Dean Mm -hmm. going to Adam and being like, Adam, I don't know what to say. And he's like, why don't you say sorry? And then later Dean actually says the words, I'm sorry for what happened. You didn't deserve that. And like, I feel like that is slightly rarer. Typically it's like, I don't have the words. And Adam literally is like, I spent 10 years in the cage. I know the words. And here's the ones to use. And it was the same thing with Rowena. Like she gave her life and she got to become queen of hell and all that other stuff. But she's like, if she's looking at Dean and Cass and being like, the two of you need to fix it, figure it out and fix it. Or you're going to end up with regrets. So like it's the if you don't want regrets in the end, which is where we're headed to based on what Chuck is writing and based on the fact that this is the last season of this show. If you don't want those regrets, you're going to have to fix your stuff. And that's Dean and Cass. And that is the boys and Adam and like Cass and Michael, like everybody, everybody needs to get to this point of absolution. I I don't know why I keep going back to Game of Thrones, probably because it's another like really big series that just ended. But with Game of Thrones, I think that what they did, one of the really big things that they did wrong with the last season was that there were so many characters, plot lines, um, just like everything that just had ne- it never got addressed. Mm-hmm. And then it was just cut off. And we were like, but what happened to those people? And I feel like if they hadn't brought Adam back, that would be exactly how I felt. Yep. <laughs> I'd be like, that was a nice 15 years of my life. <laughs> <laughs> we say a lot that the a lot of the characters are getting victory laps. So like we bring somebody back to get their their cameo or their one off or their whatever. And like, but I agree with you that like, for me, it's not necessarily like silly plot lines, it's characters being taken care of. So like, I would much prefer to hear from Adam the way we did this, this episode, as opposed to getting some like some mystical answer. This is supernatural. We're going to get both. But like it was important to me to see Dean apologize to Adam and to see Adam being okay. They mentioned him at the beginning of the episode before he was actually ever seen physically. And I was like, oh, oh, are they are they going to are they going to do it? Are they because they've mentioned him a few times in the past, Mm -hmm. but they've never brought him back or they've just done a flashback or something. But are and then they did, and that was the moment when I like actually saw him like eating the burger and fries or whatever. I was like, "That stand up on my bed. It <laughs> happened. Yes, I love it yeah. so much." Yeah. So, in terms of bromance, this episode there was one that broke my heart, and I almost died. And I'm wondering if you can guess what that was. Give me a hint. I'll give you a hint. <laughs> Dean looked at his brother and was like, "What if nieces and nephews?" Oh my gosh! Yes. Yes. When they're sitting at the table Mm -hmm. and oh my gosh, yes, that was that was a really awesome moment. Also, because I love how resistant Sam is to the idea of like having this future with somebody. But also because, I mean, he has tried that before and it did not end well. So it makes sense. But I'm like, I do actually love the I I'm not normally like really pining for romance, but I actually really do like the um 
build up with him and Dylene. So hopefully that goes somewhere. Same. I'm like so happy because she's been badass since day one. Like she never, she like never needed that. <laughs> which I mean, she's always been like a team player who can completely hold her own, which I think is so important. Mm-hmm. So I'm, yeah. But Dean being like, it's okay. It's okay to like want that. No, it's pretty beautiful. It's one of those moments <laughs> where like, you know that Sam, like the audience and like the writers, is aware that like he's got this penchant for like dead or evil, or like anybody he mm-hmm. thinks he loves or anybody he's with. And then like Amelia, who is just boring and terrible, but like I think Sam is just as aware as we are of his penchant for bad luck. And he doesn't yeah. want to bring it up with somebody who he clearly cares about. So for Dean to like literally just kind of like bluntly say to him, like, to recognize that this is a thing. And he literally said, I'm happy for you, Sammy. Even if Sam hasn't accepted it yet, that him and Eileen do have something because they keep getting interrupted by people walking into places. But like, <laughs> Cass. Cass, like even if he yeah. hasn't accepted it yet, I think everybody around him has. I kind of love that Dean has taken a moment to climb out of his own, you know, depression and all of that other stuff to look at his brother and go, oh, hey, this is a good thing. Also, like, just can you imagine in a world in which they both come out alive they won't I don't believe Sam and Dean are coming out of this alive together but can you imagine in a world where they did and like Dean gets to teach his like little nieces or nephews like being cool and driving in the car and stuff we'll have to go to the fanfic for that one (laughs) I think Uh, but I have a feeling that moment really kind of spoke to where the season is going to go because they do normally drop little hints and stuff. And like by him giving his blessing in that moment, it kind of feels inevitable that Dean's not going to make it. I hate to say that, but do you know what I mean? Where it's like, okay, he's given his blessing for Sam to be able to live a life that's beyond what they have currently. And I, I feel like that moment really was like, okay, we don't have to always be this duo um and sam's gonna hopefully end up with eileen and then i don't know what they're gonna do with dean but i don't think that it's gonna end with them both riding off into the sunset in the apollo i don't think that's gonna happen no i i completely agree with you i'm i definitely feel as though dean will be the one to like end up dead and go to heaven and sam gets to stay and like like, not only that, there was a moment where when Sam and Eileen came back from the hunt in the very beginning of the episode, because Sam was, like, tailing her because he was nervous and all that other stuff, they sit down and they yeah. show Eileen eating, like, a fried chicken sandwich or something and fries and, like, a yes. soda, and Sam's eating a salad. And he's got the salad. And it's, oh, my gosh, I'm dying. It's the Dean-Sam dynamic, but with Sam and Eileen, yeah. like, it seems like they're maybe leaning into a dynamic that Sam is comfortable with and that we as an audience are comfortable with that potentially could be the future. Yeah, no, I did notice that was actually a really funny scene. Cause I feel like that is, that's how my relationship is as well, where I'm like sitting there eating a hamburger <laughs> and my partner will be like eating a salad. And I'm just like, I just related really. <laughs> I was like, wow, there we are on screen. <laughs> Cause it was so funny. And I am interested to see, I don't know. Like I almost don't, know if it would be a happy ending for Dean to go to heaven. Mm-hmm. I, I feel like the happiest he ever was was in purgatory, which is terrible right? to say, but also Benny. So <laughs> I mean, I'm like, I don't know. I don't really know where it's going to end. I actually do feel more trust for the writers after seeing these last, what is it? Seven episodes, eight episodes or, or whatever yeah. this season so far. I actually do feel like I trust them to end it well. Um, I mean, they've had enough time, yeah. so <laughs> so 
So fingers crossed. Yeah. But, no. Yeah, that was a that was a really nice scene. And I hope things just I don't know. It's so hard to trust writers <laughs> nowadays. I'm like, please don't break my heart. I that's how I yeah, feel. No, please don't break my heart. I feel that immensely. I totally know what you're saying. I'm less nervous about the ending. Like I still don't want it, but I'm I definitely feel a little bit safer. I was gonna say Dean becomes the king of purgatory. <laughs> There's the end. We did it. <laughs> oh gosh. Benny. That's not even a thing, but I just made it. Yeah, I just made it a thing. There we Done. go. So we had a number of moments that also were very nostalgic. Every episode this season so far has come up with something and done something that is like just the most obvious callback that could possibly exist. We mentioned the yeah. demon tablet already, like bringing that back into play. Oh, yeah, that exists. I loved when Michael looked at Cass. Cass was like, <laughs> I don't know if you remember me. And Michael goes, you called me Aspa and set me on fire, which was uh, yeah. just great. The idea of Cass indeed returning to purgatory, I think, is... Another pretty big nostalgia moment, especially if Cass and Dean have their reconciliation in this place where they had this really emotional separation in season eight when Cass decided to stay behind because he felt so guilty. So to go back to that place to try to save the world and hopefully mend their fences there, I think is um, that's a really big thing that's dinging in my brain. They had Donnie back also, but I wish, honestly, I just... Wish that the Ninja Turtle jokes continued with him because that just makes me really happy. Like, I wish they had brought that back. You know, he yeah, he's back. I mean, he wasn't gone for that long, but, you know, he's there. Oh, my gosh. You know who I want them to bring back also? Kevin's like dead, but I don't care. I want Kevin back. Do we think ghosts can still be prophets? I don't know, but I want him back somehow in this. (laughs) I was really sad. I was like. Really? Because he had such a traumatic everything. Yep. And then it also ended terribly. I was like, where is the redemption for I'm team, team Kevin? Team Kevin. Here. That's what I want them to bring back. That had nothing to do. Sorry, I got off track. But I just thought about that because I was like, yeah, don't tell is cool. I guess whatever. But like <laughs> uh, speaking of profits, that would be that would make me happy. No, I'd love for Kevin to get like another shot at this like kevin keeps getting the short stick man he died here every time he died in the alt world he was in hell and he actually was helping people i mean helping them and he just never got any kind of anything good out of it and just is so unfortunate poor kid moving on (laughs) let's now but now we can dig into these characters because a whole bunch of people were trotted out in this episode we Mm -hmm. mentioned donatello already like it was nice to see him we got this character named sue bearish who i spent most of the episode googling to make sure we had not seen her before uh we had not (laughs) this was just chuck's excuse to get eileen out was um a familiar face yeah Let's talk about Adam and Michael, because that was a really their dynamic was fascinating to me. Yeah. And also just really comical Mm -hmm. (laughs) because, you know, and and Adam kind of mentioned it also, like they've been in the cage for however many years. And like during that time, it's like this weird friendship that they've. Yeah. That they've made instead of it being like, I have now taken over your body, you know, or whatever. It's like. No, we're just, you know, pals. And like, even when Adam snaps out of it and is like, yeah, he's just, he's not really listening right uh-huh. now. Maybe give him some space. Like, that's like really funny. Also, it's almost like they're like brothers yeah. in a weird way in their own right. 
because the way that they're communicating and the way that they're like representing each other, it's, I thought, I don't know. It was, yeah, it was really, really interesting the way that they played that. And also obviously showing them on split screen with that, him talking to himself was funny. Even just them sitting at the little diner table. Again, it's the greasy food versus like healthy body type thing where Michael was like, that stuff will kill you. And he's like, I haven't seen a burger in a decade. And Michael's like, ah, go ahead, kid. I'm like, what is this? What a cute little dynamic they have going. Like they were actually yeah, conversing. It was and cute. Like not just it's interesting, especially because we've learned over time that the more powerful the angel, the less willing they are to treat humanity with anything but disdain. So the fact that they've yeah. spent so long together, Michael's willing to listen to Adam, which was really cool. Also, props to Jake Abel. I thought he did an excellent job separating the two performances that he had. Yeah, I thought about that too. Sam had some facial expressions as he was switching back and forth. Mm -hmm. And I was almost wondering, I was like, are those scripted or are some of them like actually real? Because because it was kind of jarring, honestly. Like it was like, okay, we're Adam and now we're Michael and now we're Mm -hmm. Adam and now we're Michael. But like he was doing such a good job of switching the characters while obviously being you know one, yes one actor it was actually really funny to see sam's face they kept shooting to his face and i thought maybe in just my fan mind i guess i was making up the narrative that some of those facial expressions were actually him reacting to the actor as opposed to him just reacting to the two characters that the actor was portraying mm-hmm. this was a welcome victory lap and and maybe even final goodbye for those characters like seeing that storyline come to some sort of end is very nice. Um, So maybe this isn't the end, but if it is, I'm cool with the way it ended. I'm feeling pretty good. Pretty pretty good. I mean, (laughs) obviously sad that there's going to be an ending, but you know, I I definitely think there have been worse last seasons and I'm not going to mention Game of Thrones again, but (laughs) let's just say (laughs) I just can't, I'm still so traumatized by that, that I'm like, wow, Mm. Look at an actual um, series that's listening to its fan base and acknowledging the time that we've invested in the characters and the storyline by bringing back those characters, by having those moments of nostalgia for I mean, those are for us. Mm -hmm. Right. And I think that's really important for um, any show, but I'm happy to see it happening. And we already talked about her, but I want to do more. Let's keep talking about (laughs) Rowena. The queen of hell. Oh, my God. If I had to be one character, I would be her. Right? She's just really perfect, in my opinion. She's a survivor. I mean, she yes, she does bad things sometimes, I guess. But, like, who doesn't really on this <laughs> show, to be fair? But, like, she has a really strong, like, sense of self-preservation, but also just sense of self. Like, she starts out so low and then now she's sitting on a throne. Like, that's that's huge. Like, that's, I don't know. It's really awesome to me. And she just looks like such a badass also. Mm-hmm. And I'm just, makes me so happy. And I also loved when she was like, tell Auntie Rowena. Right? I was like, oh my gosh. That was, yeah. that was maybe my favorite. She's great. I Like, all of yeah. it. Also, the fact that, like, they did her hair in a way that was like, it almost gave her a, f- like, a faux hawk. And it was in this little like, po- yeah. like she never wore her hair like that above. And she's in no. that jumpsuit and she'd had these cool earrings. Like everything about her Queen of Hell yeah. look was just on point. And she looked so content. And then like 
there was that moment where they were playing it like, oh no, she's going to hell. Is she going to like kill him or get him, like put them away? And she's like, no, she's still on their side. Being queen of hell doesn't mean mm-hmm. she's a moron. Like, no, she's still going to help them. Like, all of that was just so well done. For the record, I have to say, probably legally, that I basically told Takia that she was nuts when she told me that Rowena was going to end up being the queen of hell. I was like, no, her story's done. It was wrapped so beautifully. <laughs> I was like, it's in a bow. And she's like, but that, like, a lot of people are feeling this. And I agree. And I was like, no, you're wrong. It's not going to happen. And listen, uh, I was wrong. <laughs> Oops. Oops. I was wrong. I was Oops. so wrong. But aren't you, I mean, if you have to be proved wrong for something, this would be the thing to, this is a pretty gratifying moment to be wrong about. So you, you still win. <laughs> That's You know what? We all win. And if anyone hears crashing in the background, that is my cats, <laughs> which we talked about. I was hoping they would behave, but now there's two of them and they're running back and forth in my living room, which is right behind where I'm sitting. So. Is that what that was? Cats. Yeah. They, I don't know. I'm like scared to turn around and see what they just knocked down, <laughs> but something just fell. So we're just going to keep on recording. And pretend nothing happened. Cats. <laughs> um, but yeah, I I feel the need to watch it again, to be honest. Because I totally enjoyed watching it the first time. Mm-hmm. But I think I was so immersed in my joy. <laughs> I was so immersed in my joy mm-hmm. that I, I know that there's details that I missed. And so like I feel like that is going to happen for me as well. Mm-hmm. Which I don't normally rewatch things. Like normally I'm kind of like a one and done kind of person when it comes to watching tv series but for this one i think i'll probably watch it again right after this (laughs) i want to quickly mention chuck because he's the worst but i thought it was interesting that the opening sequence it was like a was all very heavy-handed because again chuck is a hack and everything he does is is going to be on the nose and and a like he's like oh it's a metaphor it's not a metaphor you're just being really obnoxiously like transparent about everything but there was the Mm -hmm. the sequence where he was just loading he was just playing the slots and he just kept hitting Mm -hmm. jackpot and it was jackpot after jackpot after jackpot and he looked bored and i think that was like again everything chuck does and therefore the supernatural writers do is heavy-handed and i think there was a lot in there in regards to that every time he had a jackpot that's like one of his endings all of his endings are gonna Mm -hmm. be winners chuck foresees himself winning and mm-hmm. no matter what button he pushes, he's winning. The boredom coming through there lends itself to why he bothered to call out Sam. Like why he bothered to to lure Eileen and Sam out. Because I think Chuck was like, he could just sit back and play the slots and get one of his endings and, and end up with the boys dying or whatever. Or he could make things more interesting for himself, which I think is what he decided to do because I think he got bored. So it was really interesting to watch him in the beginning of the episode being like, whatever, I was my rum drink have not enough rum in it or less. The, he wanted less alcohol in his booze. It was very strange. I did not understand it and like was playing like progressive slots and was just sitting there compared to Chuck at the end of the episode who looked a little excited. Like, hell yeah, maybe we're going to get into something. So I think that was an interesting look at Chuck's mindset. Yeah, two things came to mind when I was observing his character during this episode. The first one was kind of like kids, whatever, like when kids don't get their way. But the second thing that popped into my head also was I don't know if you're a fan at all of like the BBC Sherlock Holmes um, series. 
Yes, so am I. Um, but it actually reminded me a lot of how Sherlock, it's about the game. They don't want to win easy. Mm-hmm. Like, it's boring. It's not, like, intellectually stimulating. And in that case, obviously, Sherlock is not a god. But he is intellectually superior to everyone or, or feels like he is. But I also thought about that and, like, being in a way like having these wins just handed to you is like not satisfactory at all. It like they want to be outsmarted almost Mm -hmm. in a way. And I kind of feel like Chuck's ending, he almost wants that to happen, but he's like trying to get them to get on his level. Cause even when they're like plotting about Michael and you know, he starts speaking through Donatello. I mean, there's like this element there where he's like, really guys, Really, like, that's what you, like, you do realize that, like, I can hear everything you're saying. Like, he didn't have to say that. Like, he didn't have to have that moment. But it kind of is just like, he's like, I'm so bored. Like, Sherlock shooting at the wall because he's so bored that I do think that he's going to just try to mix things up just for the sake of, like, almost wanting to be beat. But he wants it to be, he'd rather be beat and be interesting then be bored and win, yep. if that makes sense. It absolutely does. So, and I think you're completely yeah. correct about that. I'm interested to see. Also, I've just like really never gotten over the fact that Chuck is God and God <laughs> is Chuck and not really anymore. But you know what yeah. I mean? Like, it just really still blows my mind. Not blows my mind, but just like it's very comical to me because like I just remember back to those first mm-hmm. episodes of seeing him. <laughs> And being like, wow, this is so meta. There's books called Supernatural in Supernatural, you know, and like all this mm-hmm. stuff. And then getting to the point now where it's like, that is the supreme, he is the supreme being mm-hmm. of all. It's just very comical to me. And then lastly, because again, there's a lot of stuff to get through this season. So even if we bring back characters, they're not necessarily going to stay. So we got rid of Lilith real fast. I know. I was like, oh, she's there. No. No, she's gone. <laughs> but I did love her hat, so that counts. <laughs> That's kind of how I felt. I was like, cute hat, gone. Oh, okay. Michael, <laughs> That's exactly how that scene worked out. Michael took her out and the whole outfit. It was a damn shame. Yeah, he was so over that. It was actually like really, he was like bored yeah. in that moment. He was like, yeah, no, gone. Like, And then he's just like, whatever, everyone forget." There's like no emotion attached mm-hmm. to that action at all. It was just like, yeah, no, we're yeah. we're done. Because he's Michael. So to him, it was as easy as breathing yeah. or swatting a fly. Yeah. Like he was like, look, this, you're gross and I hate you and goodbye. I mean, I don't really know. I haven't ever like written down how long a character has lasted in an episode, but that might have been a record. <laughs> it might have been just like. Hi, you're on screen and you're gone. Uh, okay. I don't know. Eileen's first death was pretty much she ran through the woods and got murdered. So uh, that's fair. All right. So R.I.P. Lilith again. <laughs> uh, and I think that was all the characters for this episode. For the most part. Yeah. Let's move on. We had two music moments in this episode. One was at the very, very beginning when Chuck was in the casino and it was Take Me for What I Am by Henry Ford. Just like standard 
70s crooner type song and talk about lyrics being on the nose where it's like take me for what i am and like yeah. it, there's nothing else like it was just chuck being extra as per usual and then following up on a trend we've seen recently when adam and michael were in the we first see them in the diner playing over that was a country song called going straight by dick jr and the volunteers i.e dick spate jr's band You know that stuff will kill you, right? Warns up. Dick Spade plays Gabriel slash Loki slash the trickster, and he also directed this and many other episodes. So wow. it's just like we've had one of Jensen's band songs in episode, what was it, two or three or four? I don't remember what episode it was. Christian Kane saying last week, and now we have one of Dick's band songs. So I feel like we're going to get a lot of self-referential stuff continuing throughout the season. I think that that's really cool. To know, because I didn't even think about that. <laughs> but that's oh, awesome. Yeah. Look at look at them. Easter eggs. We love going into music on this side. Like, I'm also not musically inclined, like, in terms of, like, oh, I know that song. I never know that song. Only, only yeah, Siri and Shazam either. know that song. But, yeah, no, I love looking at the different musical choices of the show, and we like to dissect them. So those were the musical cues. In terms of lore this episode, I think we got two big ones. One we talked about, and it was the spell that Michael gave the boys or gave Dean and Cass, that is the spell that will lock God away in presumably the same fashion that Amara was locked away. Yeah, it was hard to tell specifically, but it sounded like you just got to get him weak enough and then perform this spell. Why this is the first time we're hearing about this spell and we didn't hear about it when we were fighting Amara, I don't know. It is what it is. But presumably, uh, or per Michael, the spell includes myrrh, something called Kesha, Rock Rose and then Nectar from the Leviathan Blossom, which is why he opens a rift so that the guys can get into purgatory. The other big piece of lore is something that Donatello called out and something that Kevin did not notice in his time with the Demon Tablet. But he noted that Metatron left footnotes on the tablet as like commentary to some of the things that he was writing down that God was giving him. And the Mm -hmm. thing that he quoted that led us to the spell was the Almighty guards his secret fear, but it is always there. This he shares only with his favorite. Cass is the one that determines that the favorite in this instance would have been Michael and not Lucifer because Lucifer had already fallen by this point. I am not sure if they're correct on this one. Yeah, I just had that feeling like watching. I was like, okay, but what if it's not? <laughs> yep. that was like, but what I mean, I'm happy because like I said, I wanted Adam back. But at yeah. the same time. I'm like, "Mm, I just don't really feel like that was the right answer. Cass was trying to be helpful, but like there wasn't really a lot of dialogue around like, okay, well, can we see who else would have been around there? I don't. Yeah, Mm -hmm. I don't really know. We'll see. I mean, we'll see. I don't think so either. I think it's an answer that looks like it could be an answer. And also, again, it was a vehicle to get us Adam and Michael again. But I don't Mm -hmm. I don't I'm pretty sure we've already established that no matter that fallen or not, Lucifer was always God's favorite. I don't think yeah, Michael that's was it. ever his favorite. Exactly. And that's what I kind of felt also, because I was like, the minute they said favorite, I was like, oh, Lucifer. And then they're like, but he had already fallen. And I was like, yeah, but I haven't we already established that mm-hmm. that didn't change the fact that he was still the favorite? Because <laughs> pretty sure we had this combo, guys. But OK, keep going yep. with Michael. 
Yeah. They'll figure it out. The boys will figure it out. They'll figure it out when it bites them in the ass. <laughs> like Exactly. Per usual. <laughs> so that was the big lore. And I unless I'm forgetting something, but like again, when we deal with this final season, we're dealing with a lot of stuff that we've already seen or we're already familiar with. So we don't we don't necessarily have to learn a whole ton of new stuff. We can just, you know, kind of move through it. Which leads us, Emily, to what we call the part of the episode where we say, Who was the most extra this week? Huh. And I'll give you a hint. Almost every week, especially this season, the answer has been the same. <laughs> yeah. Really? The the person who slaughtered an entire casino? That one? Oh. Seriously. As per usual. But why? Everything, everything Chuck did was just unnecessary. Honorable mention, Rowena could get some extra points, I feel like. But definitely not dethrone Chuck for yeah. that, I don't no. feel like. I'm Just into it. Her, she was extra in a good way. Yes. <laughs> I was like, that hair, though, that throne, though, you, you know, she's not going to just be on a throne like she's on like a snake throne. You know, right? I'm like, yes, I feel like she uh, redecorated hell and it looks great. I agree. I thought that, too, because I was like, that is not the throne that we've seen before. Mm-hmm. That, that that's new. That's like her throne. And even that room that they were in, that seemed different. Yeah, everything seemed different. So it definitely, like, the pillars, even when they first got in hell and there were, like, those, the pillar entrances um, yeah. around that, I was like, wait a minute, this is not, oh, wait, what? Okay, she's redecorated. And it looks fantastic. <laughs> but Chuck definitely gets the extra in a bad way. Yeah. Presumably killing a bunch of people? <laughs> Which is also like, but what I don't understand why. Yeah, um, no. Like I said, you- it does really in my mind go back to almost like this tantrum stage yep. of being like, I'm bored. I don't like just like when little kids throw mm-hmm. their toys across the room just because they're bored. And you're like, why? And like one of my friends, she has a kid and like the other day he was bored and he just ripped up every piece of paper he could find in the house and just threw it on the ground. <laughs> and she was like, but why? <laughs> but, and I feel like that's what's happening right now is it's like, but, yep. why? but why? And it's just like that childish mentality. And again, going back to the title of the episode, even of like taking this really sacred thing. I mean, it's sacred to him. He's not like dissing someone else it's like he's making fun of something that was written as tribute to Mm -hmm. honor him so it's it is a really interesting dynamic of like just being like i'm so like i feel like chuck's just like so over it (laughs) yep he's like i'm done i'm done with all of you i don't care about anything anymore my thought is, I don't know if you ever do predictions, but we'll just have it on here. Sure, I'm a let's special go. Guest. So his favorite, I think, is going to be, end up being Lucifer because I think mm-hmm. that is. Um, and Lucifer is going to have to take down Chuck. And like that is the only because Chuck is going to let him. I feel yeah. like that's the only like full circle. Like I, I don't know, like there has to be like this like full Isn't circle gone, thing though? there. Or I guess he's still in the empty. Well, yeah, isn't he? I don't know. They could. Okay, no one has ever gone in supernatural. That's the it's law. True. The law. It, yeah, I guess he is an empty, right? But I'm just thinking, like, I feel like in some weird way, maybe there's like a time travel. I don't know. The point is, 
Um, I feel like there has to be like Chuck is going to have to like almost like give himself up because there's not I don't really feel like they're going to come up with this magical potion that blasts him into oblivion or something. No, me Um, neither. So, yeah. So we'll see. We'll see what happens. But I almost feel like that needs to happen. And I don't know how they're going to knock off Dean, but somehow poor Dean's going to probably end up somewhere sad. Well, not sad, but just not with Sam. So. Yeah, I agree. There's no, I don't Aww. think they're going to end up together. I, I'd like it to be satisfying, but they're not going to end up together. Wait, maybe ugh, this is but not the Cass time for predictions. could end up with Dean. Hey, look at this. Hey, all that fanfic <laughs> and fan art comes to life and they live happily ever after in purgatory. The end. The there end. We, we did it. Matt, I could give you clips of all the times that we were just absolute garbage for Destiel. So it's, please trust me, it's fine. Uh, this is not a serious academic thing. We are just big, big nerds here. That's why. Awesome. That's why we like are called extraneous. We are. We all. We are all extra. Us and Chuck, but yes. Chuck more so. All right, we've reached the end. Thank you so much for playing with me this week. Yes, thank you. Like I said, so much for inviting and opening up the the podcast to other people. Because, like I said, it's literally something I've been watching for years and I don't think I've really ever talked to anyone about it in person like I don't like I mean there's online of course and sometimes at conventions but like it's just one of those fandoms that I don't feel like I talk to people about Mm -hmm. as weird as that sounds so I'm kind of like I'm a closet supernatural nerd but not everyone knows everyone's going to know when this goes live and that's okay because I really wasn't hiding it I just feel like a lot of people roll their eyes when I start to mention it I'm like no it's good well we don't roll our eyes and we are always here to talk about supernatural in depth and far too often Yay. where can folks find you and you have your own podcast so plug that please please plug away yeah you dear listeners can find me on Instagram or Twitter or Facebook um, at our shield maiden O-U-R shield maiden and we have a podcast that we are just a baby podcast. We just um, released our second episode. Yay. It's called Practically Perfect Podcast. And we talk about cosplaying, conventions, just nerdy things with a large Disney focus. And I host that with Princess SFX. And you can find us on Twitter and on Instagram at PrackPerfPod. PrackPerfPod? Yeah. I love yeah. that. <laughs> Y'all definitely give that a listen and a follow and give Emily a follow. And as per usual, uh, steal your friend's phone and subscribe them to this podcast. We're extraneous. Very quickly, housekeeping. If you're listening to this, you are most likely listening to this on the original extraneous feed where we are sharing it with His Dark Materials. Come the 23rd, we will be on our own feed. Now, that feed is available um, right now on Spotify, everywhere, Apple Feeds, Google Store, a few other places. So if you search for extraneous you should see both the original that will soon be only His Dark Materials and you will also see one called Extraneous Supernatural that has our entire back catalog and also will have this episode. So come the 23rd, you will only be able to find us there. Um, But for now, we'll still be on both. So yeah, please, when you steal your friend's phone to subscribe them to this podcast, do it on the new feed. 
Not this one or the old one. I don't know. When are you listening? Time is strange and a flat circle. Remember to follow us on socials. We're at extraneous pod on Twitter and at extraneous dot pod on Facebook and Instagram. And we will see you guys throughout the next month. Just because Supernatural is on hiatus doesn't mean we get a break. So we'll see you next week for secrets. Who knows what next week's episode is going to be? It's going to be great. So for myself, the missing specter of Takia and from Emily, guys, stay extra. Bye.